This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Content Creator's Guide. This is a place where we expand our knowledge on what it takes to be successful in an ever-expanding world of content creation. Join me as I sit down with individuals sharing their success stories and tips that help them get over the hurdles they faced on their journey to creation success. All right, let's create. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Content Creator's Guide. I will be your host, Patrick Conway, also known in other circles as Jax's. Today, I will be talking to the creator of the True Vault Excavades, who has been doing the radio drama thing since like 2016, and he is approaching close to half a million downloads. That is huge. Anyway, please welcome back my guest, Preston Harden. Welcome back. How are you doing? Glad to be back. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. So um, today we're going to be kind of discussing uh, plot lines and pacing, if I'm not correct. Correct? That's that right. Uh, real quick, uh, if you're listening, can you please go down and hit the subscribe button? That would be awesome. You know, let everybody know that you you actually want to hear my shows. <laughs> <laughs> you can also, you know, go to your favorite podcast or wherever you might be listening. And uh, please set a review and, you know, follow all that fun stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, um, so... Let's get started with plot lines. Let me uh, begin with uh, where do you draw inspiration for your plot lines? Ooh, well, just like what the show's based off of, um, Nick Carter, Master Detective, but not just that show in particular, but I, I got a lot of inspiration from how uh, old time radio detective shows would uh, uh, pace their plots. Just, you know, and, and, and that applies to like, say, Law and Order or CSI. There's a murder and there's uh, uh, detectives come find clues and um, uh, try to solve the case and make my little twists along the way to make it interesting. So uh, it, it does draw direct inspiration from things. It's not really my own way of, of pacing things. Uh, it, it's very much in, in a old, old detective pattern. That's as old as time. So you do take it, it. So you do take a lot of like different plot lines and things some from like old TV shows or radio shows and just kind of, um, revamp them to fit yourself exactly and i and i just like how bethesda does in which you know they make the game fallout and the show takes place in fallout they make a lot of their own radio shows like the herbert daring dashwood or the silver shroud or all of those uh unstoppable radio shows they make in game um theirs are a little more cheesy mine i i, I keep it cheesy for the sake of it being you don't no no no, no. all right so to me <laughs> Your shows are on an epic level in my mind. Okay. I, I, I really, you. <laughs> you downplay what you do so much and it 
it's driving me nuts right now because like look, Walter and Bunny are brilliant. And then I have to say the Cage Chronicles, I am engrossed in those deeply. Now I'm glad. Okay, I play very small little bit roles, so I don't really have that big of a stake in these as of yet. As okay. as of yet, wink, you've got wink, some wink, good wink, ones wink. coming next. Yeah. So <laughs> but you know, it's not so much about me there. It was I really and truly enjoy listening to your shows and I mean all of them. So there's a lot of good writing yeah. in there and there's a lot of thought put into it. That's the thing that I enjoy is it's very, um, not, uh, I'm going to, I want to say thought provoking, but it does create thought process. But at the same time, it's just, you can tell a lot of thought was put into each element. You thought about who you were yes. writing about, what the story was, where it's going, how it's doing it. And it really, it really, it's something to really sink your teeth in. And I think that that's something actually some of our other machinima people or um, radio drama elements could actually pull some good ideas from you on that and, and, and vice versa, of course. But I see that you know, you've been in this game a little longer than some of the others. And yes. <laughs> I think that you've gone through more trials and tribulations, especially, you know, considering starting from, barely you didn't even have the software available that they had <laughs> right. you know so things definitely have changed for you um so uh, in lines of inspiration uh, so you did take from shows uh what are some what are some plot lines that you think are the best to like stay away from Ooh, what are the best plot lines to stay away from um Ooh, well, um, that's something I don't even know I pondered, but um, I can definitely think of, gosh, um, what can I stay away from? You know, you got me there because I, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know, maybe it's because I stick to such a tried and true um, uh, pattern. Uh, I, I don't even think about the things I should avoid in terms of plot lines. I avoid certain aspects. Um Maybe something that's predictable. I, I try to stay away from things that are uh, a little too predictable. Sometimes people can guess the things that I put in the show and uh, they'll be like, oh, I saw that from a, a mile away or I suspected that. But I try to do my best, especially with twists, which I like to do a lot. My little M. Night Shyamalan twists I like to uh, right. pull at the end. I try to um, keep uh, uh, the viewers a little... Uh, distracted from say discovering i don't know the identity of a villain at the end or or something that may happen just uh i, I guess that's the answer i try not to make a very predictable uh plot line or, or a twist pretty much you want to keep them guessing all the way to the end I oh yes all the time yeah. <laughs> it's fun <laughs> do you have a list of plots that you like are that you're tried and trues like particular ones that you like to use over and over again or I mean, I you just kind of you know twist them up a little bit you know yeah um my most regular version is with the casket uh storyline uh casket my uh evil uh villain who is always trying to traffic bunny um he is the <laughs> constantly non-dying character and every time he has returned it has been in just this very like Oh, uh, like like I, I try to I try to um keep that going in a very like that was very unexpected kind of way. Like the first time you're introduced to him, the second time 
something happens and say Walter will find a, a clue that very, very vaguely connects to Casket and Bunny will be like, oh my gosh, who could have done this? And and Bunny could, like, Walter can just be like, oh, I know who does this and only one man does this, it's Casket. And then everybody's like, whoa. And and I try to, uh, with the Casket storylines, uh, keep that a, a regular trend, just uh, just pulling him out of my sleeve out of nowhere. And the next thing you know, it's a whole casket episode. So it's, it's Walter's Moriarty. <laughs> yes, exactly. Moriarty. Exactly. Mori- Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm having tongue problems today. Yeah. I just take it, throw it off. Um, so what advice would you give somebody that's like writing for their first time, trying to really get their storylines together and they've got their, let's say they've got their, you know, their, their characters together. They've mm-hmm. got their main plot figured out like their main every every storyline's got a major overarching plot that they hold to. And then in between that, if it's an episodic element, they're always going to have those inner plots. So yeah. when you got somebody that's trying to figure out how to do something like that, um, what what's a little advice that you would give somebody to help some. Now, mind you, they may not be doing a crime show. They might be doing right. a romance. They might be doing something else. And so being that the genre is not necessarily, you know, let's vague, let's make it a little more vague and a little more broad. What advice would you give somebody that's trying to figure out how to do a plot in sequential like elements of having episodic uh, shows? Yeah. Um, coming from someone who used to literally freehand my plots and just see where the story goes, uh, I have learned uh to root out uh those those plot point uh issues. So I do it in a very simple, very repetitive format. I have a general idea for the plot, and uh what I usually do is, and something I can definitely suggest to people who are doing this, is to Figure out what happens at the very end of your show or episode or whatever it may be. Write that down. I literally have a a notebook that I keep that logs every plot point of every episode so I don't forget. Um, So like I said, whereas I used to just type and see where things took me, now I have... uh, wised up and started being very meticulous with it. So what I like to do is write the ending, not the beginning, and figure out how you get to the end if you have not figured out those prior points yet. And I found that for some reason, I don't know if it's like reverse psychology in a weird way, it works for me because you're not like trying to brainstorm and write the plot points at the same time. Just find out the ending, where you want it to leave off, uh, get that down and um, work in those points that happened before I found the process to be a lot easier. And uh, once I have that down, I if, if there's any room for anything in between those plot points you wrote down, say there's five of them, um, work those in if you can, because I, I don't know what it is. I just found that random little musings will pop up in my head and I'll be like, well, wait, this will be great in between these two plot points before we move on to the next big one. Let's just, you know, write all the little ideas in between we can to increase, you know, just content quality. And that's exactly uh, how I do all the new episodes now. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I I find that that's actually kind of a common occurrence, believe it or not. Oh, really? Um, I've I've spoken to a few uh, other writers, obviously, and, they have a tendency to actually try to figure out what's 
where they're going with their story yeah. and then what they're where they begin at and basically their character creation and they come up with all their characters and what they do is they find out what the end of their story where they where they want to end up the end of their story and then oh, wow. they fill everything in as they go so that's oh, actually i'm not original seems, <laughs> so that seems to be a common thread that i found um in uh writers believe it or oh, not wow yeah. Um, and and and, and, it, and obviously it works, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't have an original experience. I see him. I just I just found this out. Well, on my own. I, well you got to remember, you did a lot of trial and error to get where you are. Yeah, so, that is that is true. Yeah, that is true. These guys, you know, some of them might have been professional writers to begin with. Who knows? Could have. You know, I don't know. You know, There's some not, great stuff out there. I wouldn't be it's, surprised. It's not always an interview that I've done that that gets me those answers. I just sometimes I'm like looking along and I'll read something and uh, yeah, find out that a lot of people actually start their beginning of their stories with the ending that they want, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, well, there you go. <laughs> I, I've been inspiring to try to write something myself. So it's you know, that's kind of where that comes from is doing research. Oh, and, you should do it. You'd be great at it. That's why I pick your brains. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what's going on it's inside your nuggets. Yeah, it's a trap. <laughs> uh, so, so far in the stories that you've done as far as um, the True Vault, ex True Vault Excapades, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's the mouth thing again. Um, what was your favorite like plot that you've actually come across or your favorite episode that you've had to deal with? Ooh, let's see. I think just off the, the first thing that came to my head was the case of the black widow, which was season two's finale, I believe. And of course I love to leave uh, a season off with something crazy, which was, uh, bunny being undercover the whole time no walter involved bunny is putting on this ridiculous country accent and she is hanging out with some high roller in vegas named vaughn we know nothing about vaughn and uh they keep getting constantly attacked and probed by different people and it leaves the viewer questioning what is she doing what is this all about only for at the very end for Walter to pull up in the car, Bunny to turn off the persona, and they arrest Vaughn only to figure out that he was part of the plan to have Benny shoot the courier in Good Springs at the beginning of Fallout New Vegas. And they're trying to, you know, dun, find dun, a platinum chip. Yes, and, and I just loved the buildup. I loved just how subtle everything was. It's just, okay, this is clearly Bunny. You you hear her say like, oh, he's coming at the beginning and his her regular voice. And mm -hmm. then the moment he comes in, she switches to the country kind hey, of hey, Southern Belle accent. <laughs> so I was just imagining what my viewers or my listeners rather were were uh, imagining in that point. So, yeah, I love holding secrets and then just exploding them on everybody. <laughs> that was actually a, quite an interesting episode. I remember that one. So, yeah, that was very cool for me. Fun one. <laughs> All right. When it comes to plot lines, what do you think is a very important thing that the listener needs to know about plot lines? Oh, that's a good question. Um, first thing that comes to mind is make them make sense. I really encourage going over every plot line you created, like through with a fine tooth comb. Because uh, especially if you're trying to pull twists or hold secrets that get revealed later, uh, it is very easy to fall into the, the plot hole area and uh, 
I, I won't lie, there have been some small minor ones that I've like gotten myself into before, and I attribute that to probably not thinking too deep on some of these plot lines that I do. So I uh I would definitely avoid not thinking it through. <laughs> just, no, you don't end up in a rabbit hole, you don't know where it goes. Exactly. I try to explore all of the different things like like uh an, an audience member could ask you like hey so when this happened why wasn't this discovered earlier when so-and-so did this and then they'll hit me with like a, a I'm, like, I'm like oh oh good question now i, I gotta come up that. with an elaborate excuse <laughs> 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 it's not true but hey you know eh, sounds good <laughs> yes exactly mm. all right that see now that was something that i, I wanted to you know get into is like what if the plot line have you ever had a plot line where you thought it was going one direction and it ended up changing on you while you were in the middle of it oh yes um and i and i wish i could uh think of some more accurate examples i know the feeling though so i know that's true to me i just gotta think of a uh an episode or a, or something where that happened i want to say yeah. Oh, okay. I want to say maybe in the first five episodes of True Wild Escapades, like uh, I've said in my own podcast that the the show had a completely different premise than what it ended up being. Um, it, it wasn't particularly something that was in the final product, but like, for instance, instead of me making my own vault and walter and bunny meet and then this whole separate area of the wasteland that hasn't been touched by bethesda um bunny was originally supposed to be from vault 101 and uh walter was supposed to be a wasteland detective that was that sneaks into vault 101 because there's some espionage and bunny was supposed to be this lavish singer or dancer or actress within the vault and she had no bravado to her like she does in the final series wow and walter, she changed quite a bit <laughs> yeah she was and, and her name was supposed to be kitty instead of bunny at the time and walter was going to be thing about animal names don't you <laughs> there is something i don't know where i got that from i think it was from an edward g robinson movie that i heard but Bunny or Kitty said to a girl very briefly, and it just clicked for me. But uh, the the premise of the entire show itself, it was literally supposed to be five episodes and no more. And um, when I thought about potentially making more, I was like, well, if they if they're in Vault One Hundred One and they solve the mystery, I mean, I can't mess with the lore. I mean, there's already a Fallout Three, and there's stuff that goes on. I don't want to tamper with that. So that's when I moved it to Texas in this remote location that's been untouched and the sky's the limit, and that made the whole premise of their characters very different. Uh, but uh, I, I, shoot, when it comes to plot lines, I have a lot of scribble out plot lines in my book that uh, I did not go with, I, that I wish I can tell you now, but I've probably flushed it down the, the annals of my brain. Because <laughs> I, I was probably embarrassed by them. <laughs> so, yeah. so, all right. So, you've had a lot, quite a few of them actually start here, and then they just take a sharp left on you. And you're like, oh, okay. So, we're going here, guys. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, is there is there a way that you kind of like now keep yourself on track? Is it just knowing where the ending is, or is there something that you do to help yourself stay on point while you're writing out the rest of the story through the plot? Yes, um, writing the ending has been my biggest helper of all time because I want to say between 2016 and perhaps 2018, 
I was freehanding the whole thing. And and there were a lot of times where I've wasted time, um, like just hitting a roadblock, basically, because I, I just freehand it, no planning. And I have an idea of how the story's going to go in my, hand, in my head, but... Uh, you don't I, know where uh, it ends up. It, I don't know where it ends up. I just hit a I hit a brick wall, and so sometimes it requires me to go back and erase an entire section, and then do something else. And that's when I started to write it out because I was getting a little too caught up. And sometimes episodes would end up being longer than other episodes because I would just, like I said, I'd freehand it, and it would just be like a run on script. And some of them would be more controlled, but uh, I uh, I just keep with the writing the ending part. I think it controls so much for me because um, it's it's like a a line. There's the there's the ending, and you can you you're free to do with whatever you want before, but just you know that's the ending. Don't mess with it. Don't go ahead of it. You, you know, so it just keeps things orderly, which is something. Stop I need. once you get there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dead end ahead. All right, guys. Um, so we're gonna. That kind of finishes up with plots. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about pacing. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I'm your host, Maverick Stone. It's me, Gingerino42. I'm Roman. Hey, this is Sassy Lady. And I'm Jaxus. And we, we are the Fallout Roundtable. Join us as we explore various topics from the Fallout universe brought from multiple perspectives. We can be found on your favorite podcatchers from Spotify to iTunes. Or follow us on Twitter at FalloutRTB or our email FalloutRTB at gmail.com. Be sure to rate, follow, and subscribe. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the message. All right. So we're going to kind of get into some pacing questions here. And it kind of, we'll try to stay on the tracks. <laughs> it doesn't always work out, but, you know, that's how it is. So, all right. I'm going to start off with uh, what's the importance of pacing in a radio drama? Um, Depending on the mood of the episode, like, for instance, I've got some pretty action-packed episodes and some slower-paced dramatic episodes. Um, I think pacing is very important, uh, especially when it's, um, or, or rather... Uh, if, if you're adhering to a certain type of uh, energy to the episode, I would definitely try to match the pacing with it. Like uh, when when I have an action-packed episode, for instance, I usually keep the pacing when it comes to the uh, conversational scenes. Uh, of course, quality, but a little shorter so we can get to the next piece of action. And uh, I, 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 maybe that's just the way I do it, but... Uh, when I have like a, a very much a shoot 'em up episode, then I want to focus more on the shoot 'em up than the talking. And if I have a more dramatic episode, I want to try and evoke more emotion and keep things nice and slow. Um, anything that will relate to the general uh, mood of the episode. And, and, and also if it's not about all that, then 
just um pacing is really good when you just want to have great character development and um story development and like environment development even just um anything to set the scene and whatever you're trying to make uh pacing is is very important for that because you definitely don't want to move too quickly you also don't want to move too slow um but it's it, it, yeah it's, it's just a very good thing to consider when you have say the plot points we talked about earlier and uh, you look over them and you're like okay is this going to be too long is this going to be too short um really try to imagine the final product in your head when it comes to the pacing uh so yeah that's that's my tidbit of advice there so dealing with a product that is non-visual you're dealing mm -hmm. with a you know a podcast and sound um how <laughs> it's like how do you get your pacing utilizing just sound you know i mean like you were talking about an action scene for instance well i mean you can only hear oh no duck <laughs> so often before you know what i mean so it's like you're creating this engaging element and it's action-packed but at the same time you know like they can't see anything so it's all in <laughs> their imagination so you know obviously there's dialogue involved with the oh pacing. yes so how do you utilize dialogue to help the pacing of an action sequence well, um, that one I can definitely give props to um, the old time radio shows because they do that as well. They will actively describe what is going on as the action is happening. Sometimes there are good little gray areas that you can leave to the audience to imagine. You don't want to like describe every little bullet that's whizzing by or, or whatever. Um, but for instance, it's like there's the battle scene I had in the Legend of the Star episode where Walter, Bunny, Humphreys are in the NCR soldiers are moving in on Alan Marks. And um, oh, that's right. He was hiding inside the building. And his yeah, his he was hiding was trying to trick him into coming out at one point. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll basically have Humphreys, for instance, who was taking charge in that scene. He describes, okay, me and the soldiers are going to post up here on top of this. I think they were like in this on this hill sort of uh, mound or something. And I remember uh, I make sure Walter and Bunny describe how they are uh, behind it, uh, behind like a rock or something, getting ready to fire. And so when the action starts to pop off and there's bullets and explosions going everywhere, um, and I want I want not everybody to be so static. I'll I'll have like Walter say, "Bunny, get behind that other rock," or "I'm gonna go over here and uh, do this position," or "I'm gonna go prone and and snipe and use a sniper or something like that." And uh, if there's say like a incoming grenade, then I'm gonna have someone yell out "grenade" or um, like get "duck" out. or something like that. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of like playing sort of like Call of Duty, but you just block the screen hear the action you'll hear so you'll hear some dialogue telling you uh that something's coming or do this or i'm gonna do this and um you, you do that as the um combat action narrative <laughs> yeah it's yeah you don't want to be too specific because it's gonna be like ah, what why are you saying i'm going to um reload uh I don't know, re reload like this certain type of bullets and shoot four times. Like you don't have to say all that. You can, you can just get a general uh, picture of uh, what's going on and, and try to describe it. Or, or narration is also very good. Some of the other podcasts that uh, uh, 
are in our, our network, they have narrators and the narrators will explain what's going on. So the, the characters don't have to do that. So that's also a really, I think that's a little easier, actually, if you have a narrator because they umbrella the whole thing. So um, yeah, either either one works, but uh, whatever your poison is, just pick that. But if you want to do it the way I do, then I would just little by little describe the actions of the uh using characters. your characters yes exactly yeah well i mean yeah because you don't have a narrator so <laughs> exactly yeah it, yours is a full-on drama it's like it's not a narrative drama you know that, that, right yeah you know, there's definitely differences there and it, and I, you know i never really until i started doing these interviews i didn't really think about it that much i was just like <laughs> oh cool story oh wow there's so much and there's so many different styles with all you guys it's really interesting um have you ever had a situation where your pacing was off and how bad did it affect your story Ooh, oh yes <laughs> um episode it, it makes me cringe to this day but uh episode five of the first season of the show uh, which is called War Never Changes, the finale. It uh, features my uh, character, Officer O'Neill, the Australian, uh, played by Michael Onley. Uh, he is injured. He gets shot in the gut by Bunny and is interrogated by the pair. And they're trying to get the whole story of why this whole espionage thing is happening and people are dying. And so I wanted to have someone explain the whole story. And instead of just sort of, I don't know, paraphrasing a few things, he goes on like this, um, God, like a, like a 10 minute rant while he is coughing up blood and literally dying on the floor and providing flashbacks for the audience. And uh, I've actually had a few people tell me that uh, years ago. They're like, I love this, but this was a little too long um, right here. I mean, he was bleeding out for like 20 minutes <laughs> telling the story. And um, that was the biggest uh, pacing mistake, I suppose you could say, I, I think I've made. Um, there's probably been a few more, but I, I, that bothered me so bad after making that. I did uh, the due diligence to improve. <laughs> I didn't want to have long, long dying rants. Uh, and what did you do? Coughing. I simply, um, first for like, for instance, for instances where someone is dying, I would either have them completely paraphrase that, or even then just have them give a big piece of information to say the detectives before dying. And then they fill in the rest later or, <laughs> or find someone else who can tell them the story. Just, just simply put, um, and, and, and I think, uh, I think my biggest problem when it comes to pacing is drawn out scenes sometimes. And I do believe recently I've gotten better at that, but in some older episodes in general, there can be talking scenes that go on and on and on. And I even today will go back and be like, what was I thinking? Like it looked so much smaller on paper, but uh, now that it's recorded, it's pretty darn long. I wish it was a little bit cut short there. Um, so I, I do my best to find better ways at, say, explaining a plot twist or a plot line to the audience instead of having one person in one scene just go on this tangent. Maybe it can uh, it can be explained in smaller bits or in a shorter way. Um, 
I guess I'm a uh, I'm a run on writer sometimes. <laughs> so so yeah. I guess your your advice to the you know beginner you know writer or whatnot would be to be very careful not to have one singular character give too much information and to maybe think about it a little bit ahead of time. Yeah, um, and, and at least and, and at least if one character is going to provide that information, I would definitely advise to not have them spill it all out all at once. Um, I can't really think of anything specific that can uh, remedy that off the top of my head, but it's it's really as simple as not just letting it all go in one moment in the show. Just just you know maybe have them discover half of what the problem is and then the other half on the other half of the show or or just little be uh, bits at a time so yeah it, it doesn't have to be all just basically yeah they throw <laughs> up all over the dialogue yeah. <laughs> yeah. is there any advice that you would give a new creator when dealing with like say you know we're going kind of back to plots but if, mm -hmm. uh you know like picking a new plot and then uh, properly pacing their adventure as they go is there advice that you obviously you know know your ending but is there something else that you could give them as a piece of advice on you know creating a new plot and how to pace it um when it comes to the first part with plots i would do my best to make the next plot uh nowhere near the same as the last one um that I, I do my best to weigh the different aspects between the last, say the last episode versus this next episode. You want to provide some kind of variety. And if you're going to go back to say the same kind of plot as an earlier episode, I would do my best to space that out before revisiting it again, um, just to keep it lively and keep it um, full of, full of variety pretty much. Uh, and uh, when it comes to the pacing part, yeah, just uh, I'm also learning this as I go along. Try to provide also variety with the pacing, you know, maybe with like we last said, the plot or the twist or whatever it could be, instead of it being explained by one character or a couple of characters, maybe you can explain it in a flashback this time and have a whole B, uh, a B plot of flashbacks that coincide with the A plot and uh, make them sort of kind of come together um i think the possibilities are endless but i think just variety is the key term here because i found that variety both uh within the episodes and within the plot lines are just i think that's just more of a recipe for a more successful show okay <clears throat> so all right outside of plots and pacing what are some advice that you would give or that you would like to share with aspiring creators that you know, or uh, kind of writers, you know, and things like that. What, what would be some advice you would like to give to them? What would be some good advice I'd like to give to them? Um, in general, doesn't have to do anything with plots or pacing. Oh, okay, okay. Um, give, I would say, when you reach a roadblock in your script, which you're undoubtedly going to find, like a writer's block, oh my God, it's bad. Um, give yourself a day. It's weird. When you wake up the next day, you'll probably have a slew of new ideas that were completely inaccessible to you yesterday. Um, I found that gives just my scripts a lot more breath, a lot more creativity. Uh, the moment I hit a writer's block moment, 
if it doesn't come to me within like an hour, I will literally just put it down. <laughs> and because uh, I don't want to risk, I, I would not want anyone to risk um, forcing something out to fill in that missing part that they're they're trying to look for. Just just give. I would literally just give it a sleep, even nap. <laughs> I know it's kind of a different kind of answer, but I found that writer's block is the most annoying thing to deal with. But I do think if you try to bully through it a little too hard, I think you could sacrifice a lot of quality. So I would just like pace yourself, be, take it slow. Don't, uh, it doesn't like the answers for everything doesn't have to happen today. So don't be afraid I think to take a break. A, <laughs> yeah take, take a break don't be afraid to don't don't call yourself lazy because you just want to put it down like literally just it's weird how easy things will come to you after you're rested <laughs> okay so what's next man what do you got coming up <laughs> well um i'm sure you're aware that there's some season six action uh getting voiced and recorded right now i have about five six maybe seven no i think i have about seven full episodes written out of the 10 of season six and this is the first time uh, that we're going to be coming back to walter and bunny for everything because we did the cage chronicles this last season and yep. um that was really fun but now I've, I've seen a lot of people are like let's bring back walter and bunny okay let's go and so now i am getting eric huffman to record walter and um Crystal, who who voices Bonnie, is actually out of her place right now, so I have to wait on her. But really, I'm just scrambling like fighter jets to uh, get all these new characters, big and small voice, so we can get the show on the road. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun writing it. And uh, there's a, a crossover special, by the way, I wanted to um, say. there's a The last season was uh, Bioshock mixes with the show, and... I don't want to say what this next franchise is going to be, but it's going to be really good. It's going to be a lot more, a bigger franchise than Bioshock that's going to be intermixing with hmm. the detectives. And uh, it's probably going to be the longest episode I've ever written on anything. So that's exciting. Uh, might have to split it, actually. So, yeah, lots of fun, exciting Ooh, stuff happening. Two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, where can you be found? How can people find you? People can find True Vault Escapades literally anywhere they get podcasts. My most popular uh, streaming place is Spotify, and then there's Apple uh, Podcasts and Stitcher and all those places. Um, I've got uh, uh, Twitter, where the main uh, updates are posted. So that is uh, at A-Bomb Radio, like A-Bomb Radio, an A-Bomb. And, and uh, I'm also on Facebook at A-Bomb Radio as well, and we have a Patreon if anybody would like to uh, explore that and support the show there's a lot of exclusive merch for everybody so that's always been fun to provide for people so yes please and please enjoy the show if you haven't listened to it it is a long one so you know enjoy it on a car ride or something <laughs> oh i mean you can it'll keep you busy for a few weeks yeah. to all of the true vault excavates yeah, clean and your it, house to it yeah, yeah you you it, it, it takes a while to get caught up so just, oh yeah yeah. yeah, there's some pacing there for sure. All yeah, right. oh, for so, sure. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for joining me and my guest. And please check out all of his content. Please be sure to like and subscribe. Please send me your questions and your comments to at C Creators Guide on Twitter or using email. You can go to ccreatorsguide at gmail.com. 
send me all your questions, comments, whatever you'd like to send me there. I will check it as often as possible because, you know, <laughs> I sometimes get, I'm flake sometimes, man. I'm sorry. But <laughs> uh, you can find my show on YouTube or anywhere you get, you know, play podcasts, like anywhere that they play podcasts. I don't think there's a single podcast <laughs> I'm not on somewhere. Um, please write the reviews and rate the show. And thank you again. And uh, keep creating. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping 